Hello and welcome to the Being Comfortable with Being Uncomfortable podcast, where we talk about how bridging the gap between comfortable and uncomfortable can sometimes be a challenge, but it's never impossible. In today's episode, I'm going to be talking about... Phone calls. They're like Marmite. You either love them or you hate them. And different types of phone calls can provoke different reactions in you. Or at least they do me. I'm a hater of some phone calls and a lover of others. I love having a catch-up with my nan, but phoning the bank to sort out an issue nauseates me to the core. In fact, I've even experienced phone fear to the point of paralysis, inaction, inability to move when the phone rings. I literally sweat like a pig. My heart races and I want to be somewhere else. Or at least I used to. Phone calls haven't been quite so traumatising for me in recent years. And I put this down to several things. A few years back, I was having some health issues, which were fobbed off as anxiety. Not ideal, because it didn't solve the issue. However, Anxiety was, in many ways, a part of my life, like many of us. And so, it forced me to look more deeply at why I had various anxieties, where they may have originated from, and ultimately, how I could work through them. Theory 1 as to why the telephone freaks me out. I can pinpoint a rather mortifying childhood memory where, after learning about emergency services at school, I came home and dialed 999 to see what would happen and then I quickly hung up. I must have been about five at the time. You're thinking on the surface, that's not very distressing. Well, not until the police arrived to check out the call and make sure that nothing was untoward. And not one, but two police cars. I had to fess up to my faux pas and I got the most almighty telling off. I remember how panicked I felt, and I was so upset that I even tried to smother myself with my own pillow. Five-year-old me thought I was a terrible person. I was banished to my bedroom and left to dwell. Could this be the root of my fear? I sat with it. Maybe that is why phone calls invoke terror in me. Perhaps something as simple as that could be the cause. Or there might be more at play which I think there was. Theory number two. I am also a person that has dyslexia. I'll probably make an episode on that at some point as well. Dyslexia is a form of learning difficulty that plagues the victim in various ways, and now I've made it sound like some awful disease. Honestly, it's not that bad. For all the faults it comes with, it has some benefits too. But essentially, comprehending what people say and interpreting the words to formulate a response can be hard at the best of times. And on the phone, where you can't even see the other person, it is even more unnerving for a dyslexic brain. Or mine, at least. Add on top of that, that a caller might have an accent, or it might be a bad line, or they might tell you stuff that requires you to write notes. Well, you have a disaster scenario right there. Now, I can't speak for all dyslexics, But when I write something down, I don't often write what I mean. Letters go astray, words get muddled up, and numbers can be written as completely different numbers, all without me realising 
or meaning to. Reading back my notes is an absolute hot mess of ink on paper. It's like a cryptic crossword, except also misspelt. I therefore feel that in my particular case, dyslexia is playing a part too. But could there be even more going on to this phobia mystery? Probably. Theory number three. Phone calls are in many ways just a little bit unnatural, aren't they? And I'm not talking video calls, just voice calls. Calls where you can't see the other person. Unless you know the person that you are phoning well and can imagine their body language and perhaps already understand the nuances of their specific tone of voice, it can be quite a rattling thing to lose all that other information often gleaned when communicating with someone else face to face. There's no eye contact, no body language, no visual cues as to how the conversation is going at all. You can easily overthink things and get yourself into quite an unnecessary state if you are that way inclined. In case you were wondering, I am that way inclined. As someone who has a very good imagination, I feel like this is a strong theory for my telephone shortcomings too. So there we have it, a three-part problem, a compound and complex fear that needs unpicking and sorting out. Fears are like misshapen jumpers, with drop stitches and extra rows. They're pretty uncomfortable and look a little peculiar, but they can be fixed with some tender loving care. Today also isn't the first time that I have publicly outed myself as a phonophobe. I'm one of those youtube social media, new age, young-ish <laughs> internet people that often shares or overshares things to create conversations on the internet. I mainly do it from a place to help others, a bit like this podcast, but also because just talking and sharing and being open is like therapy. Forget that. It is therapy. It's cathartic. It lifts the burden our fears have on us, and putting things out there releases us from our own prisons. We regain power. So I've shared this topic before, at least once, and the most interesting outcome from doing this was the influx of friends and internet followers who feel exactly the same way. People of all ages and all genders and all different life experiences were equally, or more so, irked by the phone. Perhaps this helps cement my third theory, that communicating over the phone is, in many ways, an unnatural form of communication for a lot of us. A lot of our innate and instinctual ways of understanding each other are observed, literally, through that face-to-face -face communication. It's interesting, isn't it? I can hear you thinking, I know, I'm weird. It's like a really annoying secret talent of mine. I think it's a Scorpio thing. We're basically psychic. Another idea for an episode there. So, what were you thinking? Oh, yeah. But what about those people who love phone calls? The ones that can talk for hours with anyone, without breaking into a sweat, getting the shakes or hyperventilating. Those people definitely exist. I mean, perhaps they're aliens. Maybe that is the key identifier of what an alien is. <laughs> nah, I'm kidding. We're all different. Going back to Marmite, people do genuinely love it or hate it. And there are probably many people that sit on the Marmite fence. They are just, meh, about it. 
have no strong feelings either way. Everything in life seems to sit on a spectrum, and telephone calls are one of those things too. Where do you sit, or stand, or lie down, when calling? Are you sobbing like a wreck, or in your element? I am genuinely interested, so please do share. If you are like me, though, on the uncomfortable end of the scale, then perhaps some of my ways of dealing with the discomfort might help you too. So where did I start? Basically, I went through each theory I've already outlined and did some self-directed cognitive behavioural therapy of sorts. If you, like me, think that your fear might stem from a specific memory that invoked fear, then you need to change the way that you remember that memory. Rewire it. Was it actually as terrifying as you recall? In my case, it wasn't. I made a mistake. Nothing super bad ultimately happened. The worst thing to happen was my recollection and the produced self-limiting phobia. I'm not even joking when I say that my phone fear has lost me work, delayed me seeking medical attention, and at other times has just been plain right embarrassing. Another part to phone fear, actually, which I forgot to mention, is being eavesdropped. A lot of people have told me that they find it hard to make phone calls in busy offices or other environments for fear of being overheard. There's an anxiety that everyone is listening. I can relate to that too, having worked in an office environment on many occasions. If I was able to, and the call was essential, I would try and take myself out into the corridor or book a small meeting room and have the call on my personal phone somewhere alone. It wasn't ideal, but it was a workaround. Anyway, back to how I've healed my childhood phone wound. In life, I do make many calls that I'm okay with, to my nan or other family members, even occasionally good friends. If I know who is calling me or who I am calling and the person is someone that I know well, I don't have a problem at all. All these safe calls prove to my logical mind that there is nothing in a call itself that can physically harm me. I am in control. At any point where I feel out of control, I can always rub a sweet wrapper on the receiver and declare that the line is bad. That is like your get-out-of-jail-free card when it comes to phone calls. So, logically, a phone call is not something I should be scared of. I have therefore identified that this particular fear is irrational like most fears. Some people are afraid of buttons or toast. Unless you have that specific fear yourself, it often won't make sense, especially to an outsider. I get it though. Anybody who tells me that they are afraid of something, I won't judge or dismiss or tell them to pull themselves together like the unquantifiable others have done to me. I believe you. I know what it feels like. So to summarise... A fear of phone calls, no matter how real and debilitating, is irrational. Unsurprisingly, though, this doesn't help solve a fear in most cases, and it didn't completely solve mine. On to solving theory two, my dyslexia. For me, this layer of my experience interrupts and complicates a lot of life in general and phone calls are definitely one aspect that it affects. So let's recap the things that freak me out and get me sweating in regards to the dyslexia component. 
voices with accents, bad phone lines, and conversations that require taking notes. Now, all of these things can be combated if you stay calm and rational. I know, impossible to stay calm and rational when you are knee-deep in a phone call, but perfectly possible when your phone is out of the picture. So turn your phone off, no, not if you're listening to me on it right now, after, or put it in another room and be calm and rational in your phone-free zone. Get a pen and paper and do what I did. Write out the things that trouble you. Then also write out how you can squash those troubles. If you have a bad phone line, for example, you can say, I'm ever so sorry, but I just can't hear you very clearly. Is it okay to call you back? Essentially, we are creating a prompt sheet. And no, it's not silly. A lot of people that appear to be cool, calm and collected on the telephone have a sheet just like this to get them through the conversation. Call centres use them, as do TV companies gathering research, and I am sure numerous other telephone work settings do as well. Next, a strong accent. You can combat this with, I'm sorry, can you repeat that? Or, can you say that again please? Or, if things are still troublesome to hear, you can ask, can you repeat that just one more time please? Most people will be completely okay with this. Don't allow yourself to feel pressured or rushed. Just take your time and if you still can't hear things, you can always escalate to the bad phone line response that we use for Theory 1. Ask them to call you back later or calm yourself and phone again. You might get someone else. Now on to taking notes. Here's an example. I had to call the hospital last week and due to it being an emergency referral, there wasn't time to send me a letter. So they had to speak through a lot of information that I had to jot down. Coordinating accurate listening with accurate note-taking is hard enough for the best of us, let alone when you have a mishmash of a brain like mine. I stayed calm though, and you can too. I made notes as coherently as I could, and I didn't allow myself to feel rushed. I needed to know what had been said to ensure that I showed up at the right reception desk. So at a convenient moment, I interrupted and I simply said, Sorry, would you just mind repeating that part about which reception desk I need to go to? The person was all too happy to repeat the instructions, as I am sure anybody would be if you asked. The important thing to remember is you can ask. You are in control. And there is nothing to worry about. You can even tell the person on the line that you struggle with note-taking, which can make you feel more at ease. Furthermore, whenever it is possible, you can also ask, would it be possible for you to email me that information? In a lot of scenarios, this is possible, and it's worth asking if there are lots of numbers or important instructions which you worry you might have misnoted or might forget. Now, you might have a phone fear for different reasons to mine, like being hard of hearing or having a stammer, or perhaps a form of autism or another learning difficulty. I think being honest and open, if you are able to, can go a long way. Stammerers are often in fear of caller impatience, people not having the other social cues to realise that you were stumbling on a word. If you were able to somehow prior inform or mention early on that you take time over your words, then they will be more respectful of this 
and give you the time that you need. In other scenarios, especially with banks and things, it is often possible, with your verbal permission, to hand the call over to someone else, like a parent or a partner, who can continue the conversation for you. Now back to me and theory three, which is sort of an elaboration on what I have just said. When other visual cues are not present, it can be unnerving and feel unnatural and sometimes become a miscommunicated mess. Other tactics that I have tried are calling people in front of a mirror. Simple idea, helped me a little. It felt like I could see the other person, even though I knew that the reflection was just me. It's not something that will work for everyone, and I sort of just tried it as a training tool, but it did make things fractionally better in a really weird way. I guess it's a bit like a placebo effect. Further to that, though, you could try, with people that you trust, perhaps, conversing with your eyes shut from time to time. Not on the phone, but in a face-to-face, real-life scenario. To help you get to know voices without the other information. Again, not a solution for everyone, but this might make the feeling of phone calls seem more familiar, especially if calling people is something that you just can't do at all. And finally, the classic exposure solution. The more you do something, the easier it gets. And I do genuinely feel that there is a lot in this. The more calls that I have made, the less threatened I feel by them. In recent weeks, for example, I've had to do so many and because they were all urgent and I had to do them, I didn't overthink them and I just went for it and it was all fine. I think like any fear, it's always a work in progress. And on a bad day, I still might stumble or postpone a call that needs to be made. It is also all still incredibly highly likely that if you phone me and your phone number is not in my phone book, I will not answer that call. I mentioned earlier that this fear has lost me a lot of work. And this inability to not pick up unknown calls is a part of that. I always return voice messages though, and for some reason, leaving voice notes on WhatsApp or Facebook is more doable, even with unknown people. How weird. I'm sure there is a nuance I should look into there. Anyway, I have squashed 85% of this phone fear in recent years, and it's great. The freedom and floatiness that comes with stepping out of that prison is fantastic. Finally, I might actually be able to use Carly Rae Jepsen's Call Me Maybe in a really cheesy way and actually be excited when the phone rings. Even with romantic prospects in the past, and I'm talking in the early stages of knowing someone, calls were just out of the question for me. I definitely lost at least a few potential suitors that way because they wouldn't believe my fear of phones and just thought I didn't really like them as a person. Side note, If this ever happens to you, remember that this scenario is about them and their insecurities. The right person will understand and give you time and help you figure out a way to make you feel more comfortable. Perhaps voice notes or no calls at all. But that's a topic for yet another episode. The things we learn and realise later in life, like knowing our worth and all that jazz. This is good. The more I talk to you, the more ideas I get for things to talk about. Anyway, have you heard enough of me yet? Was this about the right length for an episode? I'm pretty new to podcasting, 
And I guess every episode will be of a different length, depending on the subject and on how much chat I have. I'm posting these on YouTube too, still just my voice, but feel free to follow there as well if you fancy, and I might even start making some visual content too. Maybe. Hopefully. Have a great day, and I'll catch you next time.